Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. On today's Going In Raw News Beef the Good Brothers shoot hard on their WWE release, a possible Kyrie Sane update, a preview of tonight's Raw, and I give you my Slammiversary review. But first, we have some backstage details about last-minute changes made to last night's The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Larson, what's in the news? Another show, another chance for Vince to change his mind at the last absolute minute, Steve, during the post-Extreme Rules edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, the Wrestling Observer himself, Dave Meltzer, reported the finish to the Raw Women's title bout last night at the Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Didn't go as originally planned. Apparently, Asuka was slated to win the match. Only Vince, to change his mind, at some point yesterday, uh, Meltzer speculates that Vince made the change in order to spur some interest in tonight's Raw, hoping that the few fans that WWE has left We'll want to see how the story plays out on cable television uh, to help get those ratings up. Yeah, because they're awful. They're really they're bad awful. right now. But Speaking of ratings. Yeah, speaking of ratings, WrestlingNews.co is reporting that Vince isn't terribly worried about WWE sinking viewership numbers, reporting that, quote, McMahon feels that the numbers will get back over 2 million after SummerSlam because he believes that fans will be back at shows by September. Uh, so, I mean, uh, regardless if that's, you know, likely or not, which it probably isn't, he seems, I mean, the, the general idea is he feels that, you know, because of the pandemic interest is down and, uh, once like he has a full show available, whenever that is, he yeah. thinks September, um, uh, uh, that the ratings will start to, to go back up. Uh, additionally, a source told WrestlingNews.co uh, that Vince is doing what he can by putting on pay-per-view matches on Raw and SmackDown, but USA and Fox are happy, and everyone knows things will get better when we can get some people back at arenas. This is what he thinks right now, and he's not sweating these numbers. Uh, end quote. Uh, still not precluding him, evidently, from uh, you know trying to entice people to uh to check out Raw, hence the change at at, at horror show last night. And also we got we got Randy Orton versus Big well, Show. Big well. Show tonight on Raw and then mm-hmm. uh on SmackDown this Friday. They're gonna have the bar fight between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy on SmackDown rather than having it on at Extreme Rules. Yeah. Um so it seems like they're trying to save some potential pay per view bouts 
for cable television in an effort mm-hmm. to get the ratings from at least sinking too far. Um, yeah. You know, something tells me even if USA and Fox or uh, understanding of why the ratings are not good, uh, something tells me just Vince, the way he operates, isn't content to see the numbers going in a downward direction. Well, yeah, he's a he's a competitive guy in yes. the first place, and I'm sure yes. he'd love to, you know, buck the trend and and uh, you know defy the expectations. Yeah, um, I mean, dude, I don't know. I've seen all over our comments, Twitter, everywhere. Anecdotally speaking, this is just what I've seen. Losing the fans just makes for a more boring product. Like you just there's that element there. Like I've said this endlessly. I even feel the same. I even feel the same way. It's like I try to look at the product and uh, and get what I can out of it. But uh, but you know I can't I can't deny that. Like it's just it's losing that spark of being in front of a live crowd. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. And I guess the worry is too though is how many viewers have stepped away from wrestling, whether it be because of the empty the arena atmosphere creative being kind of well uh, you know uh, fairly often relatively entertaining kind of middle of the road not a lot happens um uh, people's viewership uh, habits changing will they go back to them uh once uh, uh fans get back in these arenas for wrestling shows i mean mm-hmm. i don't think that i think yeah a certain portion of fans will definitely tune back in but i don't think it's guaranteed that all of them will um, hey, you know what, man? It's it's if they if they get a taste of life without wrestling, unless Vince is able to to build that buzz back up, what you're saying might be completely true. You know, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure there will be some people that come back. I mean, even even in our own community, like uh, 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 Thayer Thabata was talking about how the Friendoverse threads for like the live shows just aren't as lively as they were before. I mean, this mm-hmm. has affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a difficult thing for him to get the buzz back. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great showman, and he can put on spectacle. And if he makes a big enough party with it, I think enough people will come back and give it a chance. But he's going to need to do he's – he's going to need to make some changes and really get that excitement back. You know, uh, the stuff that, that only comes around every once in a while, he's going to have to figure out how to, you know, like the CM Punk pipe bomb, the, you know, Becky Lynch, her big turn when she wild became a card thing. finals. Yeah, the exactly. Six pack, more six pack challenges. I mean, I guess if they assume, oh, fans will will be in arenas, we'll start touring the country again. Uh, the viewers will, will all start coming back immediately. I think that's uh, that's that's not a sound uh, 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 strategy to adopt. You gotta you gotta do more than just think. Oh, when the fans come back, everything will be fine. You gotta adopt some some creative measures to to bring forth some excitement. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. You know who does know how to generate some buzz, Larson? Impact Wrestling. I'm gonna get to my Slam Anniversary review in just a little bit, and you're gonna sit there and listen to every single word of it, Larson. <laughs> well, I saw what happened. So. You know what happened in the end? The Good Brothers showed up, man. But before yeah. we get to Slam Anniversary, uh, they uh, took to their podcast, their Talking Shop podcast, over the weekend uh, at the stroke of midnight, which I guess contractually is when they were allowed to talk about this stuff. Uh, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows dropped that episode of Talking Shop, and uh, man, they talked about a lot of stuff. Um, they talked about, we're about to talk about it, what they talked about, about WWE. I know I'm a mess right now. All your camera issues. I'm blaming it all on you, Larson. All yeah, your camera right. issues. I'll, I'll take that heat, whatever. <laughs> all right. So anyways, they had a lot to say. They did. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about the WWE stuff first. So yes. these transcripts are coming to you from Wrestling Inc. Man, whoever sat there and just 
Clack, 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 clack. Pay them more. That was my first job out of college, man. That's Transcribing right. interviews. That's right. My God. Well, you were a logger at one point, weren't you? Yeah, tape logger. That's kind of the same thing. Wasn't That was like a special kind of hell, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's not fun to listen to interviews or, or, or watch stuff and, and, and log and transcribe interviews. It's not the most enjoyable thing, but it's not hard work. Well, shout out to Wrestling Inc. for getting these transcripts. Uh, Carl Anderson, the machine gun himself, said uh, on when they knew they wanted to leave the WWE, he said, I would say overall the WWE run was fun. We had a great time. We built our names as high as we possibly could have done. But I think October 2016, I put a pumpkin on my head and went through a table. I looked at Gallows as we were driving to a brother's house before we flew overseas and said, what the F just happened? What did we just do? September 2019 was when our contract was going to be complete, and we didn't know where we were going to go. So keep in mind, they debuted WWE, I believe, January or early February 2016. So it wasn't that long before they mean? were doing the Halloween, because I'm assuming he's yeah. talking about like a yeah, Halloween. It was a Halloween match. I remember that match. Yeah. Uh, Carl Anderson continues, quote, we didn't know where we were going to pop up, what was going to be know. available, or what was going to be open. There was no such thing as AEW in October of 2016, but I think around October 2016, we're like, uh, F, we got to get out of here. Jeez. And then, of course, uh, AJ mentioned this on his Mixer stream uh, when he called Paul Heyman a liar, said that he lied to himself and the Good Brothers, and uh, they spoke extensively about that whole situation. Transcripts uh, of all this from Fightful, is what Gallo said about Heyman. Uh, quote, we're both going, we hope he's not BSing us. We have these big contracts. We're rolling with AJ. Uh, he is uh, Heyman. Because uh, before this, he was. they were saying how Heyman was like saying, oh, you guys are great. We're going to put the titles on you, so on and so forth. Uh, we're rolling with AJ. You got to think positive. To the end, he's putting us over and telling us how good we are, and we're going to put the straps on you a month down the line, but you deserve them now, but you're going to go to Saudi and be the best tag team in the world. If you ever, ever have a problem with creative, or if I ever lie to you, go on social media and effing bury me. Effing put me under the dirt because I effing deserve it. I want those guys in the locker room to know I can be effing trusted. Well, I can oh, or sorry, can't. I can't. Yeah, can't. I can't. So, yeah, if... If, if, if I idea... screw you over, feel free to talk crap about me is what he's saying. Yes. That, it's, dude, you know, that sounds like such a... I know he. I know Heyman was a very motivational. He was. He was a big motivational speaker back in ECW. It's how he got people to work for him, even though he owed him like tons of money. Yeah. I just feel like that method of talking to somebody, in terms of an HR perspective, is just so outdated. Like, just be straight with them. Just be straight with them. It's it's absolutely insane. That this guy gets opportunity after opportunity, and it's like Paul. I mean, he's got some good creative ideas, but mm-hmm. as we've seen. It's not like Raw, creatively speaking, is sinking without him. Yeah, I know. It's not everybody's cup of tea, and sometimes it's just boring. It's a three-hour show with no fans. It's going to yeah. be that way. I didn't watch this past Monday's Raw. You and Stevie Bradley did. I was on vacation uh, last yeah, week, week it ago. Was, it, was, it was par for the course for Raw. Reasonably enjoyable, you know, but not, uh, not, uh, not earth-shattering by any stretch of the imagination. So after that, Carl Anderson talked about getting the actual phone call. Uh... Uh, what, they were getting, th- they, were they were getting, getting released. Yeah. yeah. So he said this. He said, getting that call, it didn't feel good. It took me back to having these conversations with Triple H. And he looks at me, he goes, <laughs> sorry. He goes, dude, I look at you and I see your kids. I think about what if AEW doesn't last? I could promise you one thing. WWE will always be here. 
Uh, he says, we stopped being boss and employee at that point, and we were obviously not friends, but two humans talking. I'm not saying that Triple H could have stopped anything or even cared, but hearing that from your boss and then having it happen, it's like, damn, they don't give an F. Trying to get to the bottom of it because it did feel weird. Asking around, we heard, well, it was Paul Heyman inspired. Really? We told AJ that. He asked somebody what they think of it. That person said yes. AJ went to Paul and said, did you fire these guys or put the word in? Paul said, no, you have my word that I didn't do this. If I would have known, I would have gone to bat for them. AJ went back to the same guy, asked again, and then went to Vince. AJ goes to Vince and said, tell me the truth. Is Paul the one that said fire these guys? Vince told AJ, they weren't on my list, but yes, it was a Heyman thing. Uh, We had heard, I think a couple weeks back, after AJ had gone on his Mixer stream and talked about all this stuff, that that was the impetus for him moving to SmackDown because he was like, I don't want to work with Paul Heyman anymore. So he moved over to SmackDown, and of course Paul Heyman was let go. Um, I would we're, like I would suggest you guys listen to this podcast. I haven't yeah. yet, but there's a lot in there. They yeah. also talk about how, and we'll just leave this to you guys. You guys can check this out. But basically, they express some regret about how they handle an offer they almost took from AEW mm. back before they signed extensions with the WWE. Uh, essentially, it was uh, get guaranteed money from AEW, I think, for two years. Yeah, two years. Or five and way more from the WWE. Um I mean, I don't know, dude. I get it. It's just, it's a sound it's a sound decision. Like you know, all that money, all that guaranteed money. I know he says, you know, we we at this point we do regret uh, not doing that, not betting on ourselves. But I mean, when you're when you're going out there in the world, if the idea is I'm going to bet on myself to like make more money that I would than in a different situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're talking about being creatively satisfied. Which like, seems to be the case. Like if you know he, they're in that Halloween match and Carl Anderson has to put a pumpkin on his head and get power bombed or whatever through a table, uh, and that's not the type of work he wants to be doing, then I would assume going to bat for yourself is going back creatively. I feel like being th- involved, doing things that are interesting. Because they had they had completely they I mean, according to him in the podcast, they had promised the young bucks like they were gonna show up at the end of Dynamite. The very first episode, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. The very first episode of Dynamite, and that was going to be the big reveal. And they had planned this. That was in the plans, and they had to be like, dude, look, sorry, this isn't going to happen now. Apparently, just Chris Jericho was pretty pissed off about it. <clears throat> yeah, because they were supposed to, according to Jericho, they were supposed to join the inner circle. That's right, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, but I mean, you know, at the time, it's like, man, I, I totally understand. I think he regrets... <sighs> I mean, now I think think he he regrets that they regret it now because of what's happened since they signed the deals because they signed those huge deals thinking they were doing it for all this money. They get released. You know, yeah, the the money's guaranteed while you're under the deal, but, you know, they were under contract for, what, six, eight months? Yeah. Yeah, the other four and a half years, they're not getting that money. Yeah, yeah. And then now they're pretty much back to the same spot they were uh, before they signed those deals. Uh, it, but without the same uh, level of opportunity potentially in front of them. Well, and that that's another thing is that uh, somebody asked, well, why didn't they just sign a deal with AEW now? Uh, Dave Meltzer, they asked that to the, to the wrestling reserve himself. You know mm-hmm. what he said? No offer was available. <laughs> so after all that, AEW was like, Good luck, boys. Mm-hmm. And so now they're two years with Impact. Uh, following on, up on that also, just this morning, they appeared on an episode of Being the Elite. So yep. that's nice to see that 
the uh, any any potential awkwardness or beef might have been squashed at least between them and the young bucks. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So yeah. And then Jericho on his stream Saturday seemed to, you know, say you know kind of water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. They're okay now. So yeah. I dude, I might tune in tomorrow, man. I might do like a, a co-stream thing, uh, for uh, for Impact, uh, and see what's gonna happen with all that because they got mm-hmm. some names there that uh, for do. me they for do. me more on yeah. that later. Yeah, it's a needle mover. Uh, yeah, but first let's talk a little bit about Kyrie Sane. After weeks of rumors and reports that her time with WWE was potentially winding down, PW Insider reports that today's TV tapings will be Kyrie Sane's last with the company, noting, quote, Sane is finishing up her run on good terms, having made the choice to return to live in, I'm sorry, live. <laughs> to live. <laughs> They're spelled the same. To live in Japan full time as <laughs> she was married earlier this year. Kyrie Sane will remain part of WWE's extended family. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but the episodes being taped today will be her last as part of this run. Maybe she's still going to be under contract with them in some manner. Maybe. I don't know. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, man. You ready for this? Ready for my slam anniversary review? Doesn't matter if my camera freezes now. I ain't saying anything for a while. <laughs> nah, it was it was pretty good. <laughs> End review. Yeah, there you go. It was a pretty good show. No, nah, man. Let's let me let me take a look at the results here. Let's just go ahead and see what's going on with slam anniversary. I don't. I didn't take Steve notes on this one. Uh, let's see here. Twenty twenty results. I I went from uh, I went from I woke up 30 minutes deep into it and I woke up during the moose Tommy dreamer match. I got up. I was like, Oh, what a good nap. I, you know, got the drool off my face, the drool off your face. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I was, I saw on Twitter, it was like, Oh man, moose is out there fighting Tommy dreamer. And, uh, I saw some, I, I loaded up. I was like, all right, I'll check out fight TV. And, uh, and so I loaded up and, uh, moose was like sticking. He was trying to get Tommy dreamers face into some thumbtacks uh so uh so yeah it wasn't quite i mean i guess they they sort of look there are a lot of changes obviously they had to make because of various things evidently tessa blanchard like uh one of the ideas on the table or something that might have happened or was going to happen or was pitched to happen by the good brothers was that at the end of the show i guess tessa was supposed to retain they were going to attack her (laughs) 
they were going to give Tessa Blanchard like a magic kill or something. Um, but then, of course, the situation with her went down. So mm-hmm. she was out. Everybody was wondering, okay, is EC3 going to be the fourth man? Turns out there were two fourth men. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, Eric Young. Yeah. Made his return. Uh, mm-hmm. And Rich Swan, who earlier in the show was seen still with crutches hobbling around, he was injured. He was actually not injured. He showed up. And honestly, like, was it the impact, let's say, of like EC3 or even as Alex C had predicted, Carl Anderson with Gallows as his heater? Uh, yeah. Maybe not. They did eventually show up. But, uh, but, uh, but I think like the talent involved, like having Eric Young there as a throwback, and then Rich Swan is just a really, really great talent in the ring. It really made for just a, a super fun match. And it wasn't the kind of thing where you got EC3 who, yeah, he looks great. He looks amazing. He also was just fired by the WWE after years of not doing anything with him. Do you really want that as your new champion to start? It, it, yeah. it gives you the perception that, oh, we don't have anybody here, so we need to bring somebody in who's a cast-off and just make him yeah. champion. That yeah. that feels like old-school impact. I really love making Eddie Edwards, Ed Edwards, the new champion. Yeah. Because he's been there. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's been there. He's like, he is like, you know, as impact as anybody else. I think that's a really smart move. So there was that. Yeah. There was the main event. That main event was pretty great. Um, Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. That was a lot of fun. I'm really hoping that they set up. I was actually kind of hoping that with Moose winning over Tommy Dreamer, which everybody saw coming, um, he would have inserted himself into that title match, made it like a, a unification match. And then he'd just go around carrying both titles. That could have been a lot of fun, yeah. but they didn't go in that direction. Uh, let's see here. A lot of returns, though. The Motor City Machine machine Guns. Yeah. Uh, they're back. back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's cool. Good to see them. The North beat Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Yeah, they're uh, feuding, aren't they? Uh, they had been feuding. Maybe they'll continue to feud. There are a lot of bits where Shamrock, sh- number one, Shamrock is in great shape. He can still do a lot of cool things. I think just given the nature of like no fans being there, it was like super empty arena. Like there was nobody lining. They didn't put any talent or anything there. Yeah. Um, There are a couple bits because that match towards the finish, that tag, the tag title match was like super overbooked. Shamrock just sort of looked lost some of the time. And it just, when you have a lot of fans there, that could be distracting. You don't notice it Mm -hmm. as much. But, mm-hmm. like, Shamrock just sort of looking around like, man, why did you just do that, Sammy Callahan? And he's just watching stuff happen around him. Uh, but otherwise, it was a really fun match. The North are really cool. Um, uh, the probably match of the night, this isn't even probably, the main event was really good. The match of the night was uh, uh, Deanna Parrazzo versus uh, Jordan Grace. I heard really good things about Holy that. crap. That match was so much fun. That was just a really terrific wrestling match, dude. And then Deanna Parrazzo, of course, Won the uh, won the title there. Uh, Kylie Ray, as we both picked, won that uh, knockouts uh, knockouts oh, the, for the gold gauntlet match. Yeah, the number one contender match. Yeah, yeah, that match was not good. Uh, I'll be honest with you; they have a terrific knockouts division, women's division. Mm-hmm. They did not use the talent the way they should have. They did this bit where like Johnny, what's his name? Johnny Bravo. There's some dude. Who kept Not on Johnny Swinger? No, it wasn't Johnny Swinger. Oh. I don't know who this guy was. He kept on showing up, like dressed up as various knockouts. Like first he showed up 
like he was dressed up in a really bad tie of Valkyrie uh, outfit. Uh, Johnny Bravo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it just, it just took away from it. Just, it's it felt like Santino crap. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they have a really terrific division and, and like, they didn't really showcase it in that match except for a little bit in the beginning with Kylie Ray. And uh, I forget who she started out with, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, was it? Oh, I think it was Kylie Ray and, uh, Tasha Steeles maybe started out. I forget. But uh, yeah, eh, it's kind of it was kind of whatever. How many stars? Oh, that one. Give it a star and a half. All right. Give it a star and a half. All right. Well, Kylie Kylie Ray has ridiculous charisma. Yeah. Just ridiculous charisma. Yeah, it was the, the your highest rated match of, of of any on the card. Oh, uh, for sure, Parazzo Jordan Grace. That's a four star match right there. All right. Yeah, absolutely. The main event, I'd give uh, probably th- probably give that main. I'll be honest. I'll probably give that main event three and three quarters. All right, it's really terrific stuff. Uh, probably the dud of the night was was poor Heath Slater. He showed up, and you remember how? Remember the uh, that uh, Jack Swagger promo where he talked about the yeah. Rolling Stones? Yeah, the Rolling Stone promo. Heath Slater yeah. showed up and did that. It was ugly. Like his mic wasn't working, which isn't his fault. Yeah. But like his mic wasn't. And then like he didn't really say he just he came off like goofy like he was in WWE and not like even how he just was in WWE for that one appearance. Um, It was goofy, dude. It was. And then he and then he backstage like he runs into Rhino. Yeah. And Scott DeMore comes up and is like, hey, man, friends aren't allowed backstage. So they're running the same. Like the free agent angle there too, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah this this was this is a good three and three quarter star match. Chris Bay versus Willie Mack. Oh, I'm happy that Chris Bay won. Yeah, terrific stuff. Really terrific stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else happened? That's it. Oh, and so yeah, of course, of course, after Eddie Edwards uh, beat, uh, won the championship, uh, Ace Austin and his heater, uh, NWO Caljack, uh, Sawyer Fulton, Madman Fulton, Madman Fulton, started beating up on Ed Edwards. Yeah, sounds like something's burning in here. My house might Uh-oh. be on fire. I'll check on oh, it in dear. a second. Uh, the Good Brothers showed up. They helped him out. Then they uh, they beat up Ace Austin, who's a terrific talent, by the way. And then the EC3 show up in the video or something like that. So then, after all that said and done, like EC3 shows up on the Titantron, he's got like a little drink with him, like a little glass cup, and he throws it at the wall. All right. Uh, and then that was it. So evidently, he's there too. Um, I wonder if they had more distinct plans. Maybe. If like with all the stuff happening, I don't know. But uh, but it was it was solid. It was fun. I'm gonna check it out. I'll, I'm gonna see about checking it out on Tuesday. I know I say that a lot, but I might yeah. I might actually go through with it this Tuesday. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll we will definitely be seeing Raw tonight. There's only one item on the official preview as of like an hour and a half ago. That was well. Big Show versus Randall Orton, an unsanctioned match. Here you do the preview. I gotta go check see if my house is on fire. 
No, that was literally the only thing from the preview. That Are you it. serious? Yeah, that's the only thing they had WB.com. I could check right now. That's all they had. I guess your house will have to... Well, I'm going to go check on my house. You answer some questions or something. I'll do that. Here, I'll go check on WB.com real fast see if there's anything else. Do it on my phone. Census. Let's see anything else. And, oh, Alistair Black battles Seth Rollins tonight on Raw. And that appears to be it. You gotta think there's gotta be something uh, with the whole Sasha and Oscar situation. All right, first question for Mr. Triple Mania: Juan Guerrero Jr. Alistair versus Seth tonight on Raw. Oh, uh, Juan Guerrero Jr. Mr. Triple Mania. Hey, friend, it's gonna be my birthday this Wednesday, the twenty-second. Can I get a birthday shout-out from you guys? Happy birthday, Mr. Triple Mania. On Wednesday, you can. On Wednesday. All right. Today's not uh, his birthday, it's Wednesday. Alright, well, remember that for Wednesday. As for my question, your thoughts on the speculation of a new Four Horsemen in AEW. Now, when I did news brief by myself last week, I talked about this, and I thought it'd be a situation where maybe they'll do a four-person faction inspired by Horsemen without necessarily using the Horseman name. Because mm. with that name comes expectations. Lofty, maybe unreasonable expectations. Plus legal issues. I don't think they can use the, the term Four Horsemen. I think Arn owns the name. Really? I think so. I thought I heard that at some point. I wow. Name, but I think Arn has that IP. Oh, then use it. Are you kidding me? Use it. Get Flair over there, man. I think he decided to, he decided to do a Legends deal, though, so that's not going to happen. Uh, Mr. Sinister, if you guys could choose the champions in all three brands from now till Survivor Series, who would you select so though they can have a triple threat match just like last year? So they're two-thirds of the way there, because I would pick Drew, and I would pick Keith Lee. On SmackDown... I'm trying to think of something, because like both Keith and Drew are, are large dudes, but they're super athletic. Yep. So you're not going to get just like your typical old school uh, Haas fight with us a lot of punching. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of great uh, moves, some interesting storytelling, a lot of creativity. I'm trying to think of someone on SmackDown that fits in with the both of them. I'll be honest, man. I think it'd be fun if you have those two big athletic guys, plus you throw in an AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Or Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I think either of those guys could have so much fun and they can do a lot of creative oh, stuff. No, give- Give, give give me this, Drew, Keith Lee, and Biggie. Yeah, that's good too. That's what I want. Yeah, that's, that's good what stuff. I want. Uh, maybe easy. Uh, how would you guys feel about MJF unseating Mox and the whole elite going heel on? Oh, on the whole elite going heel on Hangman, uh, turning Hangman to the ultimate fave to take the belt off the ultimate heel MJF. I don't think anybody would want to see the heel. I'm sorry, the elite all of a sudden being acting like dicks. It was well, just, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Kenny be a heel again. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I don't know about the Young Bucks. I don't know. Maybe people would be cool with that. It's just like, I don't know. You'd, I think I, I would start getting the, I was like, oh, man, are they going to be like evil authority guys because they're all EVPs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would hope not. Right? Like, I would sort of have that in the back of my head. And then if they didn't do that, I'd be like, why aren't they doing that if they're bad guys now? They should, yeah. like, abuse their power as the ultimate bad guy move. Yeah, you'd think so. I don't know. I Dude, I kind of just like how they... I know that Kenny is showing obvious signs of being the cleaner and everything. And, like, he just had this radical attitude shift on mm-hmm. on Fight for the Fallen. 
I'm not sure how I feel. Look, I, I, I like when Kenny is a heel. I think he's super entertaining when he's doing that because he's so, yeah. like, old-timey villain. Yeah. But it doesn't really fit with what they do. Like, I actually really appreciate what they do, which is, like, they act more realistically like dicks, like Matt Jackson mm-hmm. trying to make sure that his relationships are all good. And in the meantime, he's just really annoying hangman page because he's like, yeah. hey, you're being too much right now. I actually prefer that because it's more like realistic. Yeah, totally. Totally. And the idea that Cody like, yeah, Cody is is showing some tendencies of being kind of a dick in the ring. But it's not over. It's not overdone, you know. Yeah, and you understand the motivation. He, he, like the TNT title is the only singles title he could ever get mm-hmm. in AEW, so he's trying to hold onto that any way he can. So you yeah. understand that. Uh, Dalen Dula, you have been abducted by a shady underground organization with mind swapping technology. They're going to swap your brain with the wrestlers. Oh wow! Which wrestler do you think would uh, most seamlessly fit into your life, and which wrestler's life? Would you most seamlessly fit into Daniel Bryan? For you? Well, like in terms of, I think our headspace. I'm not sure if I could keep up with his diet and exercise routine. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be difficult. That'd be difficult. I'd probably say Daniel Bryan too. He just seems like a super nice, cool guy. With like, yeah. you know, he seems like I don't know. He just seems like a normal, cool guy. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, on the other hand, I don't know. Maybe Big E. Because he's very, like, you know, he likes the juvenile jokes. He likes the over-sexualized stuff. Maybe I'd fit in better with him. Uh, Fear and Loathen, you each get power of attorney for the other. Who are you booking them in a match with to score huge money? I get power of attorney over you. and you then I put me in a match against any one person to, to make huge money? For all of us. Not just one of us. All of us. All of us. All of us. Well, Brock's the biggest draw. Like, I think people would be interested in seeing a little dude get just demolished by Brock Lesnar. It'd be like those Kimbo Slice backyard matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be Larson versus Brock. It's like, come see a man die. And I'd make you sign. I would, because I have your power of attorney, I'd sign the whole harmless agreement. Yeah. So it would waive any liability. So Brock so would be he like, could, oh. he, we could literally have a Batman and Bane situation where Brock breaks my back and I have no recourse legally right. Right. for any sort of uh, restitution financially. You'd have a lot of money, though. I mean, that the match would make you a lot of money. I'd make sure you get paid at $2,000 easily. Oh, great. Yeah, wow. Risk paralysis for a couple grand. <laughs> I'll have you in a match against Otis. Oh, okay. You think that'd make a lot of money? Maybe. Maybe. He was kind of a huge deal for a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, weird. Jonathan, if you had to book another loser loses a body part match, mm. who would be in it and what body part would they lose? Mm. Be Baron Corbin loses like a finger. I was going to say, so Pete Dunn versus someone else who does the joint manipulation stuff, and you got to win by like literally ripping off someone's finger. Okay, yeah. Like Pete Dunn versus Timothy Thatcher. Oh, wow. Timothy Thatcher can lose that. He's already missing like weird teeth things in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. He would look dope with a freaking finger missing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, L, 
which wrestlers from the past would you have liked to see make a random cameo appearance in the Swamp Match? Well, let's take Eric Rowan out of that because Obviously. Yeah. oh, uh, Dan Spivey. As, oh, as, uh, what a good as answer! Mercy. That's a really good answer. Uh, I would say uh, or, uh, Bray's dad. Yeah, Mike Rotunda. Yeah, I'd say uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat because dragons kind of look like alligators a little bit. Oh, about Skinner? He was an alligator wrestler. That was his gimmick. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, one more from L. Nails. Uh, Nails. There'd be like oh, an escaped convict. Yeah, there you go. Uh, one more from L. Power rank top five legends you'd want to see manage in uh, AEW. Sting. Kevin Nash. That'd be awesome. Kevin. No, Nash needs to go back to uh, TNA. TNA. Yeah, that was, where he was, that was where he was best. I'd like to see Booker T. Oh, hell yeah. He's probably got a long-term WWE Legends deal, though. Stevie Ray. Oh, yeah, even per- even better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And every episode you get, a, you get a shoot interview with Steve. One Ray. of the best storytellers in all of He really is. He's he really so is. good. Super famous pro says, Steve, you still got to check out that Matt Cardona's new theme song. Now that you've built it up so much, I feel like it's going to be wholly underwhelming. No, it's going to be a situation like uh, Nikki Cross and Asuka, like Nakamura Debushi. Hey, you should check this out. Oh, all right. Never do. I'm not going to have, I mean, I'm not going to have a choice. At some point, he's going to sign somewhere. You'd think so. So you got to think uh, he's going to AEW, yeah? What about Miro? Where's Miro going? Miro's going to go to Impact. Miro should go to Impact. I'm to, dude, AEW, they need to, like, just buck expectations. Don't sign anybody that got released from WWE. Unless it's absolute. Like, FTR was a dream match situation. They left basically to go do the Young Bucks. Yeah. That's totally acceptable. Um, did they did they bring out anybody else from those releases, though? Well, no, they don't have a time. So we'll find out, like, Wednesday if they're going to do that, huh? Yeah. Or uh, Blake. Out. The Good Brothers said later in the podcast that after they got the tag titles, Creative said, we want you to be able to say that you got them. And the, uh, the reaction was basically, who cares? Titles are fake. Uh, my question is, when, why do wrestlers care and not care about titles? It seems to be a wrestler-to-wrestler wrestler thing. Like, some care, some don't care at all. Mm. Like, obviously, Hulk Hogan thought that having the title well, gives him... Well, it wasn't just the title. It was what the title meant, you know? Well, for him, it meant money. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what he felt. Money and yeah. power, that's what it meant. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. But in his mind, it was that was the thing. Not everybody thinks that. Like, Scott Hall, in, in his interview with Steve Austin... You know, he didn't care. He was like, he felt that, he said that he felt that wrestling was like being on a football team. Everybody does their job and everybody succeeds. Everybody gets more money when everybody does their job right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that that's how a lot of people feel. But I mean, obviously, if you you have a title, 
it means for the most part, it means that the company feels that you have value and that I think can translate to, to more money, but mm-hmm. seemingly not everybody feels that way. I mean, you think of nothing else having a title in theory would mean you would be more involved in stuff. You would think so. But yeah, especially in WWE's tag division, that doesn't always pan out. It's like, Hey, I have this. They like me. Yeah. You know, uh, Nick, with the chances of hell in the cell not happening this year, do you guys think WWE will bring back no mercy? Or do you see Evolution 2 taking its place? I'd prefer Evolution 2. I just, there's so much, there's so much like sort of weird nebulous chatter about Evolution 2. I'd be shocked if it wasn't announced sometime soon. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Blake Elizondo, now that we're starting to see released wrestlers pop up, what are some ideas that they should do? Uh, he mentions Ryder popping up with a new internet champion so now he should go after all the internet titles like the cultaholic title the h title and big red yeah i'd be down i'd be down to see uh what's the name matt cardonis against uh uh simon miller mm-hmm. i'd be all about that i'd that'd travel well after pandemic i'd travel to go check out that match yeah that'd be cool greg morris you're put in charge of opening a wrestling theme restaurant a la planet hollywood what is what is it called and come up with five wrestling or wrestler-themed dishes, any federation. I feel like I've had a question similar to this before. Favorite? Wait, what's that? Wrestling-themed restaurant and five dishes, five menu items. Uh, dude, give me the the Bullet Club buffet. I want I want a Bullet Club-themed restaurant. Oh, just Bullet Club. Okay. Just Bullet Club, and then they they have a buffet there. That's just too sweet. Then they got the, like the too sweet baby back ribs. Well, it'd be the too sweet. I bet that's what they call like the the dessert area. <laughs> Everything is too sweet this there, spot dude. Is just too sweet. <laughs> I mean, they only have a limited number of things, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can have the. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not really good with puns, to be honest with you. Uh. None of their none of the Bullet Club members' names that I could think of are, are really uh, food pun worthy. The evil, I don't know. Do you have something for evil? Uh, like the evil evil burger it's supposed to be like the Angry Whopper. Red <laughs> and all. That's perfect. Okay, that's one. We have the the Bullet Club buffet. We got the two sweet desserts. Uh, what about Jay White? Give me a Jay White switchblade. What? Chicken tenders. <laughs> That's the most boring shit. Switchblade J. White chicken tenders. <laughs> okay, uh, and then uh, uh, bad luck, bad, bad luck fillet. Bad luck, um, bad luck fillet. There you go. That's good. See, that's a bad pun. luck fillet. Bad luck fillet. There you go. <laughs> the uh, switchblade chicken tenders. There's not even a pun there. No, not that's at all. awesome. There you not go. The bad, the bad luck souffle. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, oh, that's good. Tony V says LPs. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you get peas. That's good. <laughs> LPs. This T is a Austin. bowl of peas. This is a bowl of peas. T Austin. If all main promotions combined together, who would you like as the main champ mid card? Champ tag t- uh, tag champs and women's champs. 
you may you may do more if you want to. So Wait, if, what? if every wrestling promotion joined forces, just one giant wrestling promotion around the world, who would you want as your top champion? Brock Lesnar. Okada. Next. Midcard champ. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, no. Daniel Bryan. Daniel what? Bryan, and then people in that division are Zack Sabre Jr., AJ Styles. All the good just wrestler wrestlers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag champs. Uh, tag champions. Probably, well, this would be the New Day. Yeah. New Day or Young Bucks. And then Women's Champ. Asuka. Asuka. Of course, Asuka. Nelson G. Name a wrestler and what possible new talent or skill they have learned during quarantine. I guarantee you Daniel Bryan is learning at least three new things. Yeah, I know Baron Corbin is learning how to perfect barbecuing, the, yeah. The barbecuing, yeah. I believe I, that. I actually rather enjoyed watching his videos on Twitter grilling and such. Bob Roode is learning what it is to be like a stay-home dad. <laughs> He's either miserable or really happy. Yeah. Another one from Nelson. If you had a pay-per-view themed after a movie, sorry, or TV show, what would be some of the stipulation matches? Okay. Uh so have a Deadwood theme pay per view. That's good. And have a thoroughfare match. A thoroughfare match. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, well, you can kind of go eye for an eye and have a, a, a pay per view based off the Nick, mm. uh, where mm-hmm. at the end you have to like operate on yourself. It's good. It's good. Uh, Lord Ziffer, would you guys rather see a ladder match for the Intercontinental Title or U.S. Title at SummerSlam, and who should be in the match? It's the U.S. Title. You have MVP, the self-proclaimed U.S. champ, against Apollo. Have a ladder match. Have both the belts up there. Whoever gets both the belts, U.S. champ. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Uh, oh, wow. Hmm. Uh, how would you explain to AJ, the name's just a B emoji, uh, how would you explain to AJ that the world isn't flat without coming off as rude? It's impossible. I mean, I'm, maybe Bill Nye, the science guy, can do it, but I've seen videos of him cursing, too, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Sean, fantasy book two wrestlers from the past to put in an eye-for-an-eye eye match. Two wrestlers from the past to put in an eye-for-an-eye eye match. Well, that's what Jake Roberts versus Rick Martell should have been. Yeah, to have a blindfold match. Jake Roberts is a good one because he could do... You know, all the mm-hmm. whatever, all the, the biblical references and the eye mm-hmm. for an eye stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. So I would see, I would do, uh, yeah, Jake versus, uh, I would do, how about this? If, if, if we get to Rawgate this, I would do Jake versus Naito because he does the, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Samuel Bronkowitz, who was the MVP of Extreme Rules last night? Uh, last night it was. Uh, Gotta go with Bailey. Yeah, I was about to say Bailey too. Gotta, I was about to say that. See how you can argue against Bailey. I mean, in uh, kayfabe for sure, she won her friend the title. Out of kayfabe, maybe it's Sasha the way she was taking those German suplexes. Man, Holy crap! She was she was taking some bump last night. Uh, Dusty Ballskin. Uh, Steve, you say the under two sweet bullet club does is lame, but technically when you bowl, you're doing an under two sweet. 
Oh, get out of here. The with three that. fingers that go in the holes are the two sweet fingers, and you roll the ball with under motion. I That's know true. how it That is works. the same motion. I mean, you're the bowling at 300. I feel like you would appreciate that. Right here. Yeah, I'll have to rethink that under too sweet. Too sweet. Sweet. And that's all the questions we have on Twitter. For all right. We got one highlighted uh, uh, message right here on the Twitch. Uh, Crossface Chicken Stain says, watching The Miz get roasted. That was funny. Did you see that on Twitter? Mm-mm. So The Miz uh, was on Up, Up, Down, Down. But there was like, he was like in a Zoom call with a bunch of people. They're doing some sort of online thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see Maurice start laying into him or you hear from off camera like she had a call of something just laying into him like you have no respect for me, blah, blah, blah. It was the most awkward, hilarious, like freaking oh my gosh. encounter everywhere. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty great, though. And then everybody just started clowning the shit out of him. <laughs> that was good stuff. That's funny. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into this news beef. We appreciate it. And uh, uh, hang out with us tonight on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson, uh, as we uh, review Raw. That's right. And uh, we got Friend of Club TV coming up here soon, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. So thanks, Chair's everybody. Falling. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.